0: I've been listening to that song for for quite some time, and uh, every time I hear it, I just see a desperate people. Yeah. See, I, don't, I don't. I can't ever speak from where you're standing or speak from your place. I can only speak from my own. And, and there's days it just gets hard. Man, if I ever carried a towel with me, I'd probably toss it in several days a week. Because I'm just... At times, I'm done. How about you? You ever just got to the point... Man, you you just get to the very end and you just, this should be your song. Yeah. Yep. This should be the song. There's going to come a day yeah. where he's going to right every wrong. He's going to take care of whatever your problem is. Yes. You're not going to have the issues anymore. You're not going to have the worries. Yes. You're not going to have the frets. You're not gonna have the stress. Yes. There's gonna come a day. But I need to encourage you this morning, don't grow weary. Amen. And well doing. Amen. Keep your eyes on the prize. Yes. Father, this morning I'm so grateful for you and God, the things that you've done in, in just in my life alone. I'm grateful for what you've done in theirs, even though I don't know the half. But God, one thing I do know for sure is that they've accepted you, you saved them. yes. And Father, now you hold them in the palm of your hand. So Father, this morning we just wanted to take a quick moment to say, I love you. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, good to see you. Because when I woke up, the first thing I saw, I wasn't happy with it. I hope you wasn't looking at your spouse when you woke up first thing this morning. Hopefully you was looking in the mirror. Can I just talk to you this morning? Do I have to preach or can I just talk to you? <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I, I get hung just like most pastors do. And uh we get hung up in this in this idea that man this Sunday's has gotta be as good as last Sunday. Because if it's not as good this Sunday as it was last Sunday or the Sunday before, people stop coming. And uh, I had to learn. And, and it's still hard for me to learn, too, because I still get hung up in it. I go, man, that's, that Sunday was just, the Word itself was just awesome. And I hope God this Sunday is just as good. And then I get up and I preach and I go home and go, God, where were you? What happened? Not knowing that that word may not have been meant for everybody standing and may not have been meant for me. Maybe I was just the cook that day. You know, I was just there preparing your food. So this morning, if this word's not for you, will you bear through it for the sake of someone else that needs it? Would you trust that there's somebody that needs to hear this word this morning. Don't, don't get bored on me. Don't lay back. Don't go to sleep on me this morning. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And if you go to sleep, I might come and sit and snuggle with you. Not that church pastor, right? Not that kind of church. All right. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, start at verse 45. I'm just going gonna, gonna to try to read through this without stopping. Not promising. Just going to try. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he sent the multitude away. Now this is right after. I've got to give you some backdrop on it. This is right after they had fed the 5,000 plus. The Bible refers to it as 5,000 men. But men, women, and children, there were more than 5,000 people on two fish and five loaves. So that was a lot of people to be feeding on a handful of food. So this is, right now, this is Jesus saying, all right, you go to the other side. I said I wasn't going to stop, But I'm already seeing something here, so I want to help you. I want to, I want (laughs) to. Jesus just dealt with over 5,000 hungry people. Anybody ever had to deal with a hungry person? Oh, Sean. (laughs) Sean's like her pointing. that's not nice. But you know how people can get when they get hungry. They can get beside themselves, outside of themselves. And Jesus said, okay, that's it. We're done feeding them. Now it's time to get away from them. See, y'all don't think Jesus felt that way. If, if you read the scripture, Jesus spends a lot of time in prayer. Probably praying for his sanity. <laughs> but he spends a lot of time in prayer. So he, he's fed these 5,000 people, these hungry, angry people. They had been there for quite some time. So you know they was hungry. And he said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you 12. Get in the boat and go now, and I'm going to send them away. Well, I'm glad that sometimes Jesus has to step in to send people away from my life in certain times. <coughs> but he sent them away, and he went to pray. He might have been asking for forgiveness of what he, well, I don't know. God, I hope I wasn't too hard on them. I just told them I was done with them. I had enough of them. So he puts his disciples in the boat, and this is where we're at. He sends them away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing. They're in the sea, he's on the land, he's seen them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. They saw the image. But they just couldn't see him. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And when he went up into the boat with them, and the winds ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and marveled. For they had not understood about the loaves. Because their heart was hardened. You know, we, we have a, uh, a fault as humans. As church people. I'll pick on the church this morning. We have faults as church people. Man, we can, we can sit in the midst of a divine miracle one moment we walk away from that miracle into a storm of life and we have forgotten all about the goodness of God anybody ever been there come on don't y'all be religious and say oh I never do that you're lying liars have a place it's not called heaven be careful But here the disciples are, not only were they in the midst of a miracle, they actually got to experience the miracle by performing. If if you notice scripture, Jesus told them to get people and and they set them in groups, groups of 50. That's a lot of people, ain't it? To have divided... Well, I don't want to sit with him. I want to sit with her. Well, I'm mad at him, and she's mad at. We don't do that, though. We sit wherever we're told. We do whatever we're asked. So the disciples, they got to experience this because they brought the fish and the loaves now, a couple had some doubt, I'm sure, like we all do. Yep. And Jesus said, now I want you to take this and feed them. Boy, it's challenging. Yeah. You're looking across the field at all these people, and I just brought you two fish and five loaves, and you just told me to take this and start feeding them. <laughs> this is why see, it would have been hard for me. I know it wouldn't have been hard for you. It would have been hard for me to follow Jesus in his ministry. Because he lost his ever-loving mind. He's asking things that nobody else in their right mind would have asked. So they're in the midst of this miracle. And actually assisting in the performance of this miracle. They were taking part. Now, if you and I, because we're unlike them, right? We're so much further along. You and I would have went, wow, what an awesome miracle. I'll never forget this. I will always use this to feed my faith. And we get in storms of life and we go, psh, this ain't nothing. I remember when. Are you lying to yourself this morning? I got you, didn't I? Oh, man, we think about it. <laughs> Not at all. Because after all, it happened yesterday. That's right. See, we live in this world of what have you done for me lately? That's right. Kind of the same way we put the weight on our spouses. Mm-hmm. Or the children put on their parents. I wasn't going to go there. (laughs) I was was soaking in the moment because I had both of mine peering at me. We don't ever do that. But in the midst of this storm, the disciples immediately forgot. Now, I don't want to beat them up too bad because... Just because they may have not had that in the forefront of their thinking because of the turbulence in their life at the moment may not be all their fault. Because I'm sure you and I, we've had some issues in our life where we had a tendency to not be able to clearly see Jesus in the midst of it. Am I talking to myself? I mean we've, we've all had a problem in our life. Where that, that issue, that storm has clouded our vision. It's clouded our mind. It has gone as far as getting into our hearts. Causing our hearts to be hardened. <laughs> hardened basically is... It it basically means this that you're losing the power of understanding. Have you ever been there that you just couldn't drum the power up inside of you to understand what was happening at the moment? After all, God, you just done this in my life. You just opened this door. You just allowed me to enter in to your glory and participate. What happened? I must have done something wrong. I've done something wrong. That's why I'm here. Now I've done something wrong. Now I've made him mad at me. Because see, that's how some preachers would have you believe that. When life turns upside down, you've done something wrong. Or you're walking in a lack of faith because you're in fear. when (laughs) When in fact, that's not how it goes. How many of you ever thought that if you got fear, you lack faith? Anybody ever thought that ever before in their life? Don't lie to me. You're in church. Okay, well, your pastor has. I used to think that when I feared, I had lack of faith in him because I feared. See, if I had enough faith in him, I wouldn't fear. That's a lie. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Doubt is. So just because I'm in fear doesn't mean I lack faith. The disciples, I don't believe that they were lacking faith, I just felt that they didn't understand because it said that they forgot about, they didn't understand the 12 loaves right, or the 12 baskets and their hearts were hardened. They lost the power of understanding even though they fed over 5,000 people with God's assistance, of course. I don't want you to take me out of context. But they're standing now in the midst of a storm. They see something. Have you ever been so scared that you see, let's do it this way, when you were younger in your bedroom at night and you were afraid of the dark and there was a coat that was hanging Come on up in church this morning because we've all done that. We've looked and we go, well, I see something unsure of what it is, but the fear begin to drive and we think it's something other than what it truly was. Yep. The wind blowing up against the limb, click, 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 hitting your window, thinking some. You ever been there? See, I believe this was the circumstance that the disciples, we find them in now. They're standing, they're in the middle of a sea, and Jesus is not with them. Now somebody is walking across the water, and it surely ain't Jesus. Because after all, he was fully man. So it had to be a ghost. Have You ever looked at your problem in life and called it one thing? Because you begin to identify in your mind, well surely it can't be. It's not really that because this is, and you do all your equations. Yep. You know how you formulate God, you put 1 plus 1 is 12 and, or 2. And they're looking. And they see Jesus and don't even recognize him. I wonder if it was because of the distance. I've got notes and I can't get back there yet. I wonder if it was because of the distance between them. I wonder if it was because of the distance between them. That they couldn't recognize him. I wonder if it was because of the distance. I wonder if it was because of the distance. Between them. And him. I wonder how many of us. Have a distance that causes us the inability to see him for who he is. Amen. Come, on. Come on, this is better than you amen and me right now because it I found myself there even pastoring. I have found myself there, that the distance between he and I was so far that I could not visually see him for who he was and for what he was trying to do at that very moment. Yes. See, we, we misunderstood something, that the disciples was in a miracle. And if you read on throughout the story, you'll find out they were going to another miracle. just so happens sometimes we get caught in the middle. And see, some of us think that the miracles, and I I was the same, so I don't want you to think that I'm pointing my finger at you if this identifies with you. So I better say I, (laughs) so I don't offend you, but I'm going to say you so that it does offend You'll back me up? Hmm. Somebody's willing to come up here with me. I used to sit in places in my life. And I would think because I was experiencing the miracle or seeing God move, that was building my faith. Can I tell you what I learned? Miracles don't build my faith. Miracles are rewarding my faith. Hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. Yesterday's faith is today's miracle. Hebrews 11 puts it this way. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What I believed in yesterday is what I'll walk in today. It's a reward. See, the disciples Here here are the disciples. The the miracle that they experienced in feeding the 5,000 was based upon their faith they had in Christ by walking with him up to that point. They trusted him. They believed in him. Now, come on, you know as well as I know, they wasn't thinking that Jesus was going to feed 5,000 plus people. On two fish and five loaves. Now, it, you, you're not going to convince me that those 12 disciples said, oh, yeah, here, Jesus, make it. I know you can do it. Now, you, come on. They're going, we only have. That's right. <laughs> not what, ain't that what they said? Uh-huh. They said, we, we ain't got but. Yep. See, the rest of y'all understood it. <laughs> us country people well, we got to have it broke down different ways we get it ain't got but two fish by low and he said bring them here so what they were in wasn't based on the faith they had at the moment Well, when I got a hold of that this morning, I just got excited about that. I said, so God, I don't, I don't really have to have the faith in the moment to get with it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> hey, okay, well, let me, let me just throw some other stuff out there just, just to, uh, to confirm this thought. How many of you ever had something happen in your life that you didn't think could happen? Did you get that point now? Did that sink in? Did that settle with you? Because guess what? Today's faith... But it rewards them. It's, It's a reward. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means that they're diligently, they'll stay, whether they've in the storm and all. I'm just, oh, I'm scared to death, but I'm still, I'm still, (laughs) boy, God, if you just help me. (laughs) Just, we got three knots tied at the end of the rope, and we're on the last one. that kind of holding on but we're holding on I wonder how many of us get caught in between and there we lose all hope we we get our vision blurred or better yet we just can't see do y'all, do y'all remember Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 6 when he was talking to his servant and the servant's looking around and he sees all these armies surrounding them <coughs> And Elijah <coughs> said, boy, oh boy, oh boy. He said, hang on a minute. God, please open his eyes so that he could see there's more for us right. than against us. Amen. See, man, when we get hung up in a trouble and we see things based on our fear factor instead of our faith factor, we have a tendency. But here's here's the good part about this story. This is the gospel in this. Regardless of how they felt, regardless of how they identified him, he still kept coming. Regardless if you believe him or not. Regardless if you trust him or not. He's still coming. Some of you need scripture. I'll not leave you nor forsake you. The elementary stuff. He's always there, Dawn. Charlie, he didn't decide to sit on the mountain... While his people sat in the storm. He had to make a decision. And he chose to walk in the midst of the storm. To get to his people. Instead of standing on the side of safety and saying, come to me. He wasn't challenged. Their faith wasn't being challenged In the midst of the miracle, their faith is challenged in the midst of the storm. That's how you build your faith. Your faith becomes stronger in the storms. Your faith is rewarded in the miracles. If you'll just hold on and if you'll trust me in the storm, you can be scared. I'm still going to be there. You cannot see me. I'm still on my way. You cannot trust me, but I will be there in a moment. I'll be there on time. I'm coming. God, I thank you for coming. I was wretched. They couldn't see him, but he saw them from afar off. Y'all remember the prodigal son that the father seen him from afar off? He was anticipating, he was expecting. God's doing the same thing with you and I. He is anticipating your response to his call, he is expecting you to turn from your wicked ways. He is coming. glad he was able to see me in spite of me. Amen. Some of the storms that we walk around in are our, are our own generated storms. Yeah. That's right. But he never <laughs> Ooh, Michelle he never stopped loving me. Yes. He said that even while I was yet a, still a sinner Even while I was in my best garb, my filthy rags, even while I was there, he chose to die for me. He never stopped loving me. The storm don't scare him, it prepares us. But how many of us are willing? How many of us are willing... To take the fragments with us see you look at your fragments as a lack you look at your fragments as broken pieces what's left over can I tell you the fragments were the miracle how much more we have to be taught in the goodness of God. How much more do we have to be taught to know that no matter, no matter what happens tomorrow in the storm, he's still coming. Yes, he Some of our issue with our storms and because we feel that our storms sometimes is they drag on Forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Anybody being tossed to and fro in the storm of life and it just doesn't seem to end? Mm -hmm. He's coming. Here was the difference of them having, oh, let me go back. He saw them struggling and straining, not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. I wonder how many of you are straining in your storm because you have taken hold of the oars. The wind is beating against you. And you're still trying. Have you ever? See, it's not so bad when you haven't really tried and you come up short. But when you've tried, when you went and got the pickle, the pickle. Don't laugh at me. The pick and the shovel. I make up my own words when I'm preaching. Maybe a pickle too. You got to eat while you're working. You went and got in the shed, Charlie, the pick and the shovel. You went and dug the ditch and you come up. You said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll do better, I'll do better, I'll do better. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that, and lo and behold, it still don't work. I come up. Doesn't it feel like you've wasted your time? You've wasted your life. But you've done all you could do. You didn't stop digging, you didn't stop running, you didn't stop trying, you're still trying. And you find yourself coming up. (laughs) Jesus don't want to see you come up short. That's why when he sees you in the struggle, he's on his way. See, you got to believe some of this. I, it's, <laughs> when you hear a word that's practical and you don't receive that word and apply it, you'll never get the result. Right. Revelation without application <laughs> never comes up good, does it? He's on his way. He already knows. Linda, even though you can't see him, he sees you. And he's, oh, here's a good part. He sees you exactly for who you are. See, right now you're fighting and struggling in life and you can't seem to get out of the pit. It seems like every time you climb halfway up, you slide back down. You're looking for people with a water hose. They just keep watering the bank down so you can't get out. He sees you as victorious. You see yourself as a failure. It's a big difference. See, when you see yourself and you can, all you can ever picture yourself is, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, it'll never happen, I can't do this, I can't get there, it won't happen for me. Guess what is not going to happen? Everything you said. But if you can look at yourself through the eyes of the beholder, the one who created you, the one who made you, the one who wrote the end of your story, and then he filled in everything else. Oh, man, can you see God's penmanship? I mean, he's sitting up there, and he's going, yep, you went along, you went along. Oh, you took a left turn because you was going the wrong way, and I already know where you got to go. And now, oh, now we're back on track. And you keep going, and you keep. Well, some of our stories are going to be like this. (laughs) I just can't wait to get to the end. <laughs> are you hung up in your storm? I mean, I told you, I, I told you before we started, this wasn't going to be for everybody. And I appreciate the fact that you're hanging in there for those that it's for. Because I know some of you are just the righteous. Righteous. Don't have issues, don't fight storms, don't have problems. I mean, you come in, you're blessed and highly favored, Pastor. You're lying. I've seen your Facebook post yesterday. <laughs> you're lying. Haven't heard from you for two months. You're lying. Here's the difference that can help you. It's when you let Jesus in your boat that the storms will stop. He said that when he stepped into the boat, the wind ceased. And then there we are again. We're shocked again, aren't we? Whoa! Whoa! What is wrong? What's wrong with us? He's never stopped coming. The problem is the closer, the closer he gets to us. For the most part, not everybody, just 99% of you. I'm saying you now because I want this to convict <laughs> No, I can't do that anyway. But most of us, when we get to the realization that it's going to take Jesus to fix our life, we don't let him all the way in the boat. Oh, we he's close enough now we can see him. We're going... Oh, it's Jesus. Well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here. Yep. I'm, I'm, you're, I mean, you're, you're a lifeline. I'm glad you're here, but I, I've got to go finish this. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> I, I would talk, but I'm busy. <laughs> Some of y'all could be chewing on this at lunchtime either chewing on this or chewing on me. It's going to be one or the other. Because a lot of y'all take pastor out to lunch. I just don't get the invite. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, I I know you want to help. Oh, I know know you want to help. Don't have no room. Boat's full. We got 12 of us. Can't. Can I get back with you? (laughs) Cause I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm, As Tommy liked to say, I'm busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is this is why we struggle. And walking with Jesus in our life, because our life becomes consumed, it becomes consumed by the efforts that we're putting into it. It becomes consumed by the people that we invite. Can I tell you that some of the people you got sitting around you on those oars, the back are really eating bologna sandwiches. No, they eating the fish you think they're back there giving it all they got and their oars are just hanging in the water slowing you down they got the drag on not fishing drag boat drag you better be careful who you trying to row through the storms of life with We've been told, got your back, Pastor. Yeah, you do. I got scars all over that thing. Sticky, 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 sticky. They got you back. As long as it benefits them. See, they're back there, they're back there having a conversation with Jesus, and you're up there steady working, and they just talking. Hey, yeah, y'all ain't ever been, had nobody work with you like that? you state employees, anybody state employees? When one of you stand, standing or one of you doing the work and 12 of you is standing? Y'all probably doing that now, not even working for the state. We just sitting sit there and talk. Hey, y'all finish, hurry up, man. Man, what did you think about the game yesterday? Hey, you want to go on a ride? Man, we need to go on a ride. Here, check this thing. Hurry up! Well, check this thing out, man. you're letting in your boat here let me, let me let me get it right here in your kitchen now it's time to play in your soup bowl both hands who you got in your boat your money yeah. Come on. your friends Your church? Who else you got in your boat? Come on, talk to me. Why y'all get so quiet when I get in your kitchen? Got your job in your boat? Got your hobbies in your boat? These are the things, listen, these are the things that you're relying on to get you through the storm. This is what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I got both hands. You got a big kettle. I see your kitchen. You got a big kettle, big stainless steel kettle. And that thing got like 17 pounds of beef vegetable soup in it. I got sleeves rolled up to here, both hands down in it just going like this. Everybody getting quiet now. Getting quiet. I'm in your soup bowl. You hate it. I mean, after all, pastor, oh, I know, everything else you have is what makes you get through. All right, that's why you go to bed lonely. You might be lying beside your spouse, but it's so cold on that side of the bed, may as well not be in it. Well, we take everybody everywhere, don't we? Some of us need to learn to jettison. Over the side. I need to lighten up the, the drag. If you ain't going to use them, moors, Take them with you. do you have in your boat what's in your boat that has taken the place of the one that calms the seas i know i know you you want him as savior you just don't want him as lord i want you to save me from it but i don't want you to lord over it i want to do my own thing I just want you to be a part when I need you. That's why your need of him is. Oh, that's why your need of him is greater than your desire for him. Because you love everything else in your life greater than you love him. See, it's in total surrender, brother. I mean, you've got to just get to the point, put your oars down, make room. Here comes Jesus. Have at it. Oh, it still might be painful. I left that part out. (laughs) It still might hurt a little bit. But I promise it's going to hurt a lot less than it would as if you've done it. Anybody ever made it that far and then had to back up and redo all of it? Excuse me while I take a drink mountain water. Let me see if I got any notes for you. Where's my glasses? Boy, oh boy. Maybe, you know what that might have meant? Forget the notes. Hmm. I'm going to just give you a couple quick points. I'm letting you go. I'm not even going to preach on these points. I'm just going to tell you the points because I think I've preached enough for you. I think you've got it. First, God will never send you without having first prepared you. We just talked about it. Don't make me preach the point. Do I have to preach this point? Now, you'll be here till one o'clock. Are you catching up on the, you, you're with me? We, we talked about the story. Okay. God will never send you without having first prepared you. cannot preach that. Number two. Problems present platforms for miracles. There was never a storm. I'm, I'm trying to leave you alone. Although we find it hard to recognize him in the storms of life, rest assured, he still sees you. I'm not going to preach him. I think I already preached him. Now guess what time it is. Everybody getting scared. Oh God, what's he going to do? You know what what time it is now? It's time for you to chew on this. Listen, I'm, I'm as guilty as you are, if not more so sometimes. That I will put everything in life first because that's what's getting me through. And then I have to be reminded, oh, really? and then we learn if I let him in the boat the storms will settle down we're just scared that he's going to turn us in a different direction if you let him lead it he's got a destiny for you he said he knows he's got the plans he knows the plans that he already has So sometimes we're going to have to let go and let God. We had a slogan not long ago, let God happen. It was actually a sermon and we put it with a hashtag. I still want them on t-shirts, dude. (laughs) It was just hashtag let God happen. Stop fighting. Let him have his way once in your life, just once not asking for a whole lot. He just